This is Talking Business. Joined now by Dan Ziffer, who is a reporter at ABC News, um, covered the Royal, Hain Royal Commission and uh, uh, published a book called A Bunch of Bankers, A Year in the Hain Royal Commission. G'day, Dan. Lovely to be here. Uh, and of course, I work with Dan at the ABC. Um, see him most days um, now. Uh, and also, I had a book uh, out, sort of partly about the Royal Commission, but um, one of many. Dan was there was, was a flurry of books about it. Well, certainly uh, for the masochists out there, you can read them all. Uh, they all do very different things, and uh, there certainly was a lot to cover. So your title, a bunch of bankers, is sort of is a joke. Uh, of a title, obviously, a bunch of wankers, but um, uh, and so uh, and and the book kind of is, you know, t- talks, it sort of ridicules them, uh, you know, uses ridicule as a as a tool, and 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 is a sort of a rollicking tale. Well, it was this kind of crazy circus. Now, I went and sat pretty much every day in the Royal Commission, and we travelled around the country and uh, to all these different places, seeing all these different witnesses come in and bank executives and people off the street. But it was like this travelling circus. You know, you had the same security people, the same bank lawyers, the same commission lawyers, and we all kind of just kind of clocked in for the day and would see what would happen. And so much that occurred, I think... People in banking might have known kind of, you know, how the sausage is made, but it really showed the Australian public uh, about some pretty uh, tough kind of cultural issues within banking that really affected, as we know now, millions and millions of customers in some pretty bad ways. Yeah, and I think even though the, 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 there's a sort of a jokey tone to the title and everything, there's a, sort of a dark heart to your book, I think, um, at two levels. One... Uh, which is the fact that they haven't really been punished. A few people lost their job, but no one's gone to jail. Um, and the secondly, uh, perhaps because of the way the bankers operate, there's, Australians have got a lot of debt. So talk to that. Well, look, well, to the punishment first, there will be, in 2020, some trials. There's, there's already been a few trials from referrals, from things you heard in the Royal Commission that have gone to court. Only a couple. Trials of who? Uh, so Dover Financial, a kind of minnow financial firm, they were tried for false and misleading advice in a civil penalty case. Um, the Commonwealth Bank has pleaded guilty to 87 counts of criminal charges to do with hawking, which is unsolicited selling of financial products. And there are going to be more cases. They've literally appointed the judges. So some of the really big issues and my predictions based on talking to governance people is that it will probably be uh, National Australia Bank's Newless Super Fund will have some questions to answer, as will AMP's Financial Planning Division about different scandals that uh, were exposed to the Royal Commission. So there'll be more coming in the year, but certainly, yeah, no one's going to jail. Uh, the kind of individual responsibility doesn't really exist for kind of financial products in the really diffuse way that banks have organised themselves. Now, one of the recommendations in the Royal Commission is that will change, that people will have individual responsibility for individual products. But uh, just, I mean, just on that, um, uh, I mean, everyone talks about the fact that no one's gone to jail and, uh, and so on. Are you saying that it's not actually possible to do that? The way the, way the law works is simply not possible to hold individuals accountable? It's very, very difficult to hold individuals accountable to a criminal level uh, and 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 in I'm not a lawyer but you know to, to meet the definition of a crime you have to have essentially a guilty mind you have to have an intent to do something and 
the way that these products are created and organised, you often don't have one person in charge of them. It might be within a division, but there are other parts of the bank that have oversight. And so even when we look at, say, the Westpac example that we have at the moment, where they're faced with massive contraventions of anti-money laundering laws, there's not really one person that's in charge of that. Now, one of the key recommendations, what I call the boring but important recommendations in the Royal Commission, is that there will be a single person having individual responsibility for each individual product. And that, coupled with what will be some pretty high-profile public trials, will probably have the biggest impact of anything in the Royal Commission, because it will mean that going forward in financial services, executives will have to put their name to something. And so if they've got the advice from the legal department that, look, the product's not fantastic, it's legal, but there's probably problems with it, they will certainly quiver there and say, well, this is my name on this product. Whereas at the moment, unless people have done things that are they are very personally liable. They can't. Now, there's a few does isolated that mean, examples. Does that mean that the what's called the Bank Executive Accountability Regime, or BEAR, which was introduced, I think, by the coalition government in order to try to um, stop there being a royal commission, to say we don't need a royal commission, we've got this instead, are we saying that uh, Bear doesn't work? Well, no, Bear will be added to. So essentially under Bear, not only will they have uh, responsibility for, you know, will the remuneration be able to be clawed back, but there'll be individual responsibility assigned to individual products. Right. And that's a recommendation that has been implemented, or at least will it's be. It's going to be legislated by the end of next year. So there have been some prosecutions. For example, NAB had a scheme called the Introducer Scheme, which was like a referral scheme for mortgages, where if you brought a mortgage to NAB, you'd get a small percentage. Now, the problem was there was a few dodgy bank managers who saw that scheme and went, these loans are coming in anyway. I can just say that I referred them and I can say that my friend referred them to me and we'll both get a little commission. So there's a Victorian bank manager who's gone to jail. Another one in um, New South Wales is on 12 months it's gone to jail. home detention. Yeah, he went to jail and he can't drive the Ferrari that he bought with the 500 grand that he f- defrauded NAB. So, you know, like there are consequences. Jeez, he blew it all on a Ferrari. <laughs> he blew most of it on a Ferrari, actually. It was like a 400000 thousand dollar car and he only purloined about half a million dollars. So I mean like that's most of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. And I'm guessing when he gets out of jail, he he won't be able to drive the car either. What were some of the um, the funniest or uh, more gobsmacking smacking moments in the commission? It was interesting because we'd have a few journalists there who covered most of it. And you could always tell when something was happening because everyone would be typing furiously at the same time, like, you know, absolutely hammering the keys. Um, I do remember sitting next to uh, one of Australia's top financial journalists, Ben Butler, uh, when AMP was in the box in the second hearings about financial planning. And this is the one that really exploded it. And all of a sudden, the the then Treasurer, Scott Morrison, is talking about serious criminal penalties for corporate crime. And it's when they were talking about misleading the regulator and they were counting the times. And every single time that uh, the counsel assisting Michael Hodge would say, well, that would be the seventh time in this letter that you've misled the regulator. And the poor AMP executive, Jack Regan, would be forced to agree. Ben Butler would just giggle, you know, like just maniacally. And we were all just in the back because it was so insane. These are top executives. These are people who run whole divisions. You know, Jack Regan was running all of New Zealand and all of, you know, these huge divisions. But I remember uh, quite I rem- literally doing the wrong thing. I, I remember when, I mean, I wasn't in the commission as you were, but I remember when Jack Regan basically burst into flames. Oh, and took the company with him. He was just answering the questions honestly. But what he revealed was that AMP had 
knowingly misled the regulator a score of times and had interfered in a supposedly independent report about cleaning up a problem internally that they then they then given to the regulator and said, oh, we've looked at it, we've checked it out, here's this report. But AMP had changed the report. They'd taken out the CEO's name. They'd taken out, you know, all, all this really important information and put in other stuff to make it look like the CEO didn't know about these issues. It was astonishing and the share price just about collapsed. And, of course, the chair and the CEO lost their jobs. And half the board. And half the board. And, um, and, NAB, and NAB CEO and chair lost their job as well. But they were the, kind of the only ones, uh, really. I remember sitting in Canberra and they do a thing called a lock-up where all the journalists get early access to this, you know, 1,000-page, three-volume report. So they've got a couple of hours to digest it and, and then be able to report on it. And I remember flicking through and someone just whispering, Look at page 411. And there is written some really damning words about pretty much the only two people who were named in the Royal Commission, NAB CEO Andrew Thorburn and the chair, Dr Ken Henry. And I remember reading it and just thinking, well, they're gone. And and they were. There was no way they could survive. Were you there? You would have been there when Ken Henry gave his evidence. What did you think when you saw what he was doing? Did you think, oh, he's gone? I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I've only covered business for a few years. You know, I'm quite junior at this. And I remember standing at the front with my microphone, with my camera ready, and people coming out, more experienced journos and other kind of finance people. I remember just going up to them going, was that mental? was, Was that crazy? Did that just happen? And they all had the same reaction as me. This was the most insane thing they'd ever seen. He was contemptuous of the proceedings. He certainly appeared to be. Um, He was talking under his breath. He was kind of scoffing at the questions from the council who are putting them to, you know, he's sitting in the witness box at a royal commission. I don't think he knew where he was. And in the weeks and months afterwards, he said the same thing. He didn't deal with it very well. He came across very poorly. Uh, And he did. It was otherworldly. It was astonishing. I remember thinking at the end, well, this guy can't stay. This is impossible. Like if this is how he treats it with such a lack of respect, it's not going to, the council is not going to take this. We're just about out of time, but just briefly, do you, um, having sat through the Royal Commission, do you in a sense blame the banks for the amount of household debt that exists in Australia? I think there's a lot of things that go towards that. One of the big things is our taxation system, which essentially incentivizes investing in household property uh, to such a huge extent that it, it takes money away from other investments. Uh, but the banks have had a big part to do with that. You know, they have sent unsolicited credit card increases. They've been fine with people loading up massive levels of household debt. Uh, we're, we're almost a world leader in this field. And people are extremely indebted at a time when interest rates are at record lows. So when those rates go up, you know, and they almost, they can, they might go down again, but they can barely go any other direction but up, we're going to be in real strife. You know, people are very stretched now and this is a record low rate. And that's something I really think we need to consider more. Great to talk to you, Dan. I'll see you in the office. (laughs) See you in the office. I've been talking to Daniel Ziffer, who's a reporter at ABC News and, more importantly, the author of A Bunch of Bankers, A Year in the Hay Royal Commission, which is an excellent book, and I recommend it.